0: Hello everyone, I'm doing things a little bit different this week for um, Nova Relating. I had to put this interview with this partner of mine into three different segments, so you may hear uh, some little breaks in the audio um, from where I edited everything together, I did the best I could. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to give everybody a heads up at that, I apologize for the inconvenience, and now, without further ado, here's episode four of Nova Relating. hello everyone this is noble from noble relating Um, uh, back with another episode uh, this one is very important to me i have a very dear friend um of mine that decided to grace me with her presence and come on here and be vulnerable and talk to me um i met her several years ago in the mountains of Asheville, north carolina uh working out of staples and uh she was just so adorable and um just a ball of light and loving energy and i knew i had to be friends with her and all these years later we're we're still connected and still close um so welcome my friend um my love kimberly
1: hello everyone
0: how you doing baby
1: i'm good
0: well, I just want to uh, first off say thank you for um, doing this with me and thank you for showing up. I know this is a uh, kind of spur a the moment, you know, it was kind of off the cuff, uh, but I definitely appreciate you doing it uh, today and taking the time.
1: Yes, it's been a long time coming. I'm glad that you're doing this.
0: Oh, Thank you. Thank you. Um, one thing I think is interesting about how we met, uh, we met in Asheville uh, while you, we were both working at Staples and then... Um, you moved back home to DC, where you're from, and then randomly, I just decided to move to DC, and then we just bumped into each other one day um, in a in a shopping center, standing under a, a shady tree, and um, and on a hot summer day.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. I thought that was um, I was I thought that was like very beautiful. I was like, man, like how did that happen? <laughs> you
1: know? <laughs> yes, yes.
0: So, um, what I want to talk to you today about is um, is personal growth, right? And because I believe personal growth never stops, right?
1: Correct. Yes.
0: Um, and you said some really interesting things to me yesterday uh, when we talked about just because uh, you're not like I, you know that I'm a, a polyamorous man and how I function in my relationships, and you, of course, are not polyamorous. You are monogamous, correct? Correct. But um, you had said some things about how um, you kind of were insinuating that you know being around me and my philosophy and, and talking to me has um impacted your life in some kind of way. Um, could you maybe talk about that a little bit?
1: Well, I have to say the very first time I met you, um, you know this beautiful young man, and um, you. When you told me about yourself, you told me about this new concept, maybe not new, but it was new to a traditional mind about how you felt about love and loving. Um, but beyond that theory, I found you to be a young man, but yet an ancient, an ancient soul and a very, very wise And you had and still have this gift of helping uh, individuals understand the different lens that people see through in their intimacy. So you could, for example, help me to understand... um, you know like a male energy that i would be engaged in from that perspective so you helped to take me out of my emotional self to have a level view at myself and a different lens
0: thank you baby. i really i really appreciate that you know that is um really at the crux of what i try to do when i help people and when i try to um no, help people in the way that I was helped, you know, because somebody did that for me when it comes to the filming perspectives, you know, um, one thing you talked about too was the challenges you had to overcome, um, in terms of like old programming to help you grow into, um, a better version of you, which is no still you, but just a, um, a more expanded version. What were some of the things that you had to, um, overcome in terms of like your previous programming, uh. Just the way that you were raised and the culture you grew up in, or whatnot. Can you talk about that, son?
1: Right. Well, I have been, uh, I guess, a hopeless romantic in my life. However, um, that person in front of you, and if you're in that relationship long enough, you're going to meet the ancestral issues, they're going to meet your ancestral issues. And, you know, their cultural things, you know, how they were with their parents and how that bleeds into their partnerships. So for me, being a monogamous woman, very traditional and um, definitely at that time, extremely emotional. And needing to work on my emotional intelligence. Um, It was painful to be in a relationship with an individual that saw the openness and the generosity of, of love as weakness. Mm-hmm. And um, what is that to navigate? I think a lot of women navigate that, a lot of women and men. I won't just put it on, you know, that is solely a, a woman's thing. It depends on where you were in your family and how you treasured families. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you deal with people that have had families that were structured different. And that had tips with a parent, a mother, or a father. You find yourself dealing with that. Um, And aside from that, understanding the male energy. And how it feels to be a man, which I don't know. And I don't have that lens. Um in terms of how they navigate their relationship and what they see and how they move through the world of um, people that are the opposite sex.
0: I understand. So um, with the way the poly mindset that I kind of have is more centered around like you know, love and freedom, um, really freedom above all else uh, and acceptance of you know, your partner where they're at, um, can you talk about how that maybe has benefited you in your current relationship? Because I think, you know, the relationship that you're in now has been going for a while. Um, and I think it's a beautiful relationship, really, what you've always described to me. But it has had its, has its challenges, you know, like all relationships do.
1: Right, right.
0: right. You know, like, that's just the nature of what it is. So have you... Um, has any of that what I've talked about, even though you still choose to be monogamous because that's what feels best to you, how has that in any way benefited your current situation?
1: Okay, so Chris Chris has been like the big brother that I have ran to when I found myself in a snag. And I'm saying, Chris, help me understand this. You know, this experience, it hurts. Mm -hmm. um how how do i navigate this do i even navigate this um one thing that you know you lovingly did you know he has these beautiful big arms and he wraps his arms around me and he says you know babe you know you gotta look at yourself and and think about what your purpose is and address that core issue because when you have your focus on anything outside of yourself um it puts you in a very very vulnerable situation and right. this really has nothing to do with the partner as much as it has to do with you being whole within yourself and thinking, okay, what is my purpose? What are my gifts? Um, how and what is how do I navigate a relationship in addition to me? Because I had been raised in a traditional setting where, <laughs> excuse me, you know, the woman worked alongside her partner, and they really moved as one. It wasn't easy, but there's. it was about also, it was about survival, because it was a period where, you know, my parents were coming out of, you know, that era, I guess it would have been the 50s or so, and they were young people coming to the cities from the south, And they were seeking opportunity, but also security, and they understood what their mission was. So, you know, they knew that they needed to acquire, you know, jobs, income, uh, real estate, and the emotional piece really was not addressed because they didn't have time to be emotional because it really was about survival. But mm-hmm. what has shifted is is that it's like essential that you are in touch with your individual divine purpose and that you can complement your partner versus being focused on, you know, my husband. Uh you know, my husband, that shift has got to change for women. Because we have an obligation universally now to pull the best of ourselves to the forefront. And prayerfully, you have a supportive partner to help you with that. But um, I think we we have no choice um, to deny your, your full development is almost to deny your existence at this point
0: mm, mm-hmm. That's
1: powerful. So, so yeah what you know i have my relationship has helped me to grow Right. and if you stay in it long enough you're going to meet each other's demons mm, and you're man. going to meet the demons of the family. And maybe it's not so much demons, but the, the challenges, the ancestral challenges that are edged in the mindset and how they handle relationships or how they run from relationships.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, so you have been there for me to help me to pull back from, you know, my rigid traditional concept and breathe and reframe the lens that I'm working with so that I'm not so narrow-minded and so that I don't take things so personally. And also, you've walked with me as I've picked up the pieces of myself and molded it because the concept of the feminine out front doing what she's supposed to do not at the expense of family but as as important as it is more important than it is to be in a partnership mm-hmm. I mean purpose is, is very important I think for your spiritual well being all the way around
0: Right. I agree. Um, I want to also, for everybody listening, my name uh, used to be Chris. I changed it recently, but you know, oh, did, I I, from... did I? Did I? <laughs> it's okay.
1: Forgive came me.
0: Kim knew me from way back when, when uh, before my name changed. so <laughs> But um, one thing I want you to talk about, um, if you could, like um, how was it dealing with the concept of ownership? Because I feel like that is something that was kind of prevalent. In um in just the culture of marriage, but even back in the day with like you know your parents' generation, um, my parents and grandparents' generations, like they had told me a lot of stories where people you know were you know married and, and it was supposed to be set up in one way, but nobody talked about it at the time. But everybody knew other stuff was going on, like you know, um, one person would have like a family, but then maybe a family, another family down the street. I remember one of my uncles told me about um, they were young and like uh, in the 60s and like they were um they found a neighborhood girl that oh she was cute and they told my granddad that you know like oh I'll take my talk to that girl. My granddad was like, Now oh, you can't talk to her, she's your cousin. <laughs> you know, like yeah. stuff like that was, was yeah. happening. Yeah. Um, how has it been for you dealing with the concept of um, ownership? Uh, coming from a traditional type of background into how you're doing your relationships now. Can you talk about that for us a little bit?
1: Well, I mean, every day is a learning process. You know, there Mm -hmm. there are always challenges. And then at the same time, there are beautiful um, spurts of growth that you see. But that comes with time and having overcome some things. But I think that in that traditional concept, there were a lot of secrets back in the day. Um, People were trying to squish their narrative into that framework. But there were, you know, secrets because people were not open. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they weren't open um about it was kind of frowned upon, but it did happen. Um with what this concept is, is that the openness um I believe is a healthier concept.
0: Mm-hmm. Why do you believe it's a healthier um concept now?
1: it may not always be easy to digest Mm -hmm. and i think that even within it um it's the framework and it's the culture of where we are right so like i have um a, a dear friend, a friend from sudan who helped me very early in my life He helped me to understand a mindset different than the Western mindset around accountability for a community. Mm. And in the sense that there was no need for social services because the community understood that all of the people needed to be covered. And so there was not a woman or a child that was not covered.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, When you have experiences in a society that is dysfunctional and people look at individuals as objects and possessions, that type of mindset under any name rather it is traditional marriage, or rather it is polygamy, can become a very profane and unhealthy thing. Mm. But with respect and love, like there, there, there are families of people that have grown up where the fathers have had, you know, a wife in this house, a wife in that house, uh, there were no secrets it was a community effort it was a different mindset that was about community and about family mm-hmm. there wasn't a, a, the, a lot of the pain I think that with a dysfunctional Western narrative that's not been organically grown and I did say that um, mm-hmm. is that the deception is what is painful mm. the deception is what turns into pain and the deception is what turns you know um, the narrative because this is not like a community situation right. um, you, you're hiding this over here um, there's no common purpose no common mission and so you know you're trying to sustain this house and then you're wondering you know how in the world can he be de- he be around the corner <laughs> with a whole another family you know is he taking resources from this to take there you know we aren't growing our own food we don't have i mean many of us are but the the thing is we don't have um, a collective arrangement of our resources so mm-hmm. What we use to sustain ourselves is, you know, this currency. And we get it in different ways um, versus pulling resources from the earth. But that just frames a whole different framework of family and community. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a lot said, but I'm just saying he helped me to see that there is a place for for all things. It's, it's not like it's it's bad, but it's where you are and it's what's conducive for balance and harmony where you are. See, just because you have freedoms, sometimes those freedoms are enriched by boundaries. Because if you don't have boundaries, you can lose freedoms.
0: Right. right. It's,
1: it's about accountability, it's about respect.
0: Right, I understand. That's interesting. One thing I want to ask to follow up on is like you were talking about how like your parents' generation or whatnot were in survival mode and they didn't really have time to worry about the emotional pieces uh, sometimes. So some things that could have been emotionally hurtful may have been overlooked or slipped on the rug or whatnot. Um, if their generation was in more of a survival mode, what would you classify like today's generation as like what are they like uh do you believe they're more free or um it's just like how do you believe it, it differs
1: one thing that i really respect about you is that you are very clear and noble the name is given to him because he really is a noble man he's very very even he's very clear he has um a very broad like ancient scope of things this is a man that went with me on my first date with my current partner and he held my coat and my purse and he you know he was there um the what happens is is that when you're on survival mode you're you're together uh i would imagine that the attraction brought you together um children happen you know you have to work you know you have to have um a place to stay and during that period you know they did not um it was not easy for people of color coming to the cities so if a relative got here they would open their door for you They had a mission, but a lot of things were not spoken about. And the way they handled their emotional struggles, um, maybe not in every case, but there was a lot of frustration because these were young people. You know, we didn't have uh, Oprah at that time. You just were a very well-dressed, pulled-together family. If you were great, if you if you had, you know, like Marcus Garvey had, you know, this list of things to keep, um, you know, uh, families presenting themselves in an on, in an honorable way, and you didn't vent your dirty laundry in the street. But there was a woman with a heart in that house you know i'm certain there was domestic violence you know um a man that is trying to make it out here that comes home um maybe she's trying to find her way their odds were handled behind the doors if they did not have a community around to diffuse it Mm -hmm. so where we are now the one thing that i pray for is that our communities come together I pray that um, we have more intergenerational connectedness to help us cope with our our partnerships and our families and our, our lives I pray okay. that we don't take that organic connection for granted but that we do um give each other time to really see the other person mm-hmm. um, I, 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 it is a very different narrative I'm probably not qualified to speak on how things are, are going now um, but it, it seems like people are trying to figure it out but they are still having some of the same issues as we did with a traditional mind You know, they may be uh, polyamorous, but they still have emotions um, that they're coping with. Mm -hmm. Abandonment, um, you know, being possessive. I think that it is very important that people that decide to partner with each other and walk with each other have the commitment to stay out the duration of the message of the learning lesson that people are committed to more than just getting involved sexually but that they stay for many seasons to reap the fruit of their togetherness. There is a man named Pascal Beverly Randolph that was around physically in the 1800s, mid to late 1800s, Um, died a young man who delved deeply into the powers of love, intimacy, and the alchemy of attractiveness, being attracted to your partner, but more importantly to the spiritual dynamics behind why we connect in the first place and I think the tragedy in the relationships that I see today is that there's no true covering around true covering or thought or purpose or intent Around being accountable around accomplishing something and around having purpose for that relationship and so though we get lessons in every encounter I think that being frivolous with the energy and the love and the work that we put in to our partnerships rather it is you know, um, choosing a person for selfish reasons, which will ultimately be piled with lessons. Rather, you leave that person, or rather, you stick through it. You get what you kind of came in for. And if you think about how life-changing a relationship can be. Even beyond your ability to see its potential, I really sincerely believe that we would be much more purpose driven and thoughtful about connecting with people because the world is full of beautiful people, is full of beautiful people that have different levels of awareness, consciousness, gifts, But you have to look further than the physical and what's apparent to have a thoughtful connection. And prayerfully before you even have that thoughtful connection. Because what you see on the surface is not what's wrapped in the package. You don't get to see the character or have a glimpse of the character until you've put some work in. So I think because life has always been precious, but with the things that we've had to deal with today, and, you know, today is is a fleeting period of time. i just say the things that humanity's had to deal with is when you realize how Short your life cycle is, then you will respect the life cycle of others and you won't waste their time. If you want to have a deep and moving spiritual experience that manifests some beautiful things on this earth, that you would truly look at these partnerships. As more than a marriage, a situation in which you will be accountable, rather you walk away or rather you stay, because we do eventually have to deal with the consequences of our actions. And it's very important for us to think less and I know there will be a lot of kickback around this less from the focus of this linear what can I get how can I get it um, component then how can I operate from the most powerful heart, mind, which is the heart? Because you got to realize that, you know, you can be brain dead, but the brain that's in the heart makes the decision that you're still alive. So I think... Investigating movements from a heart place, a thoughtful heart place, not just an emotional place, a thoughtful heart place. If I were to see a man that I truly felt a heart connection with and he had the previous commitment of wife, children, work, job, career. And I do too. Would I sit down and think about in loving this man, would I want to hurt the things that he loves? Would I want to create a rift in the lives of his children? Would I want to hurt his wife? Would I want to dismantle or cause a rift in his career? And then, would I want to hurt my own family? (laughs) Um, Because we get into partnerships that support purposes and if you really thought about okay is this just some lascivious desire or can I love him enough to not dismantle his life or can he love me enough to not dismantle my life Because we're still shifting, you know, in our consciousness. And not everybody is on the zone that, you know, people are ideally putting out there about polyamory or when they're practicing it without knowing, you know, that this is what it is. Um, I think if we are more thoughtful of the families that we're aligning ourselves with, even if you're both single with no children. And then think about your life. And then when you do make these connections, being there, being there for the rain, being there for the storms, being there for the sunshine, and making those partnerships something beautiful and the word beautiful means balanced it has to do with honor it has to do with mercy it has to do with doing what you're saying say you're going to do it has to do with being accountable if you are a, a man and You have this desire to have all these different relationships. Are you truly energetically capable of feeding and nurturing for many, many seasons? Each of these women that get your attention. There's one thing that I learned from my very first fiance. And his father had five wives in Nigeria. However, Remy, who was just so gracious of a man, when he proposed, he expressed that he had no desire to have more than one wife because he saw the level of energetic responsibility and accountability that went into his mothers, meaning the wives of his father. And at that time the man was in his nineties, meaning my prospective or potential father in law, and he had well over 45 children. But because of the resources and the spiritual accountability was all under the same umbrella, I don't know what all of those children went through, but they were not a mystery to each other. And they were, for the most part, successful because there was a collective community that was there to push their lives forward. I think to get past the point of selfishness and into where your actions could lead a child, a product of those unions, where they could lead that woman as she goes from a young woman to a elder or as um, the Rastafarians refer to mature women and grandmothers as an empress. If your intent is not to leave these individuals broken but whole and to be there when the white hair comes in, you may be far more productive at the end of your life and far more blessed than if you see it as an opportunity to just have sexual, fleeting encounters. Because that type of vision requires thoughtfulness, accountability, and strength in all the parties involved. Because you're going to work out your spiritual and your ancestral and your psychological kinks. I don't think this is a time for us to get engaged energetically and then triage individuals, throw them away. I think a lot of that occurs because of the lack of, and I'm going to use the word commitment for those that may uh, have commitment issues. Because every word, every action, every intent has an effect and circumstances. And being a lover of children, I understand that all of this universal attraction to the opposite sex is nature's call to support itself going forward. And if you have that power to manifest on a procreative level, on a developmental level, to help someone rise on a psychological level, then all of that should be deeply and thoughtfully considered before you act. Because that energy could turn back in in a beautiful way and I think it's important to say that if I cannot truly love truly love and that's beyond selfishness then I ought not be partaking in this because if you're blessed to be an elder if you're blessed to live a hundred years And my prayer is that you do and a hundred years prime time, meaning a hundred years healthy, aware, athletic, you know, um, bright, clear, uh, and when you choose to be able to indulge in, you know, the beauty of, sexuality, sexuality and, and intimacy you will see that you actually planted seeds in people the people you took the time to teach the people you took the time to love the people you took the time to support and not all of those are wrapped around sexuality and that type of a romantic connection. Is this everything that you touched? You will see that it was a seed and it will grow and it will bless or it will recreate the pain and the brokenness. Or if it's a particularly um, highly evolved individual, then it will push past that pain and blossom. So I'm just saying, people, brothers and sisters and sons and daughters, mothers and fathers especially, that we could turn the world around with being very thoughtful and heart-centered in how we connect with each other. I think that we still are coping with um, human, our natural human behavior. Prayerfully, you know, we will, I think as we work on our own personal development um, as individuals, before or you know, as we are entertaining partnerships, that we're conscious to give each other the room to be who they are and to blossom. But that's that's a mouthful because that's a lot of work,
0: right? Um, let me ask one, we wrap up. Um, wh- how do you feel? what is your perception of the way men in your generation approach personal development Can you talk about that song
1: i think that there is a a wide range and it really has to do with the family and the environment that they were raised in and you know the the culture that the family wrap their son around um but I have you know experienced various types and there are some that um you know they got their barbershop chronicles <laughs> <laughs> and um they were educated on how to handle a woman um, in certain regions, it seems like there's more nurturing around the concept of family. Um, prayerfully, these were men that were sensitive to the hearts of women, but then you have some men that were taught not to, um, not to relinquish this illusion of control with being sensitive to what a woman feels and not having a sensitivity to um a woman's heart the other side of that is that there are women that have had different experiences that could actually be very manipulative in how they deal with a man that is open and nurturing to a woman Mm -hmm. so it would not be fair to say men exclusively but there are some you know gentlemen that were raised and we like to use this word old school old school can be you know respectful and about family but it can also be very hard you know, men that cannot say, um, I apologize. A men that cannot um, express um, sentiment for an infraction that a woman may feel. That to acknowledge that, you know, um, that they were not right about what they did. Um, there are men that would rather throw a relationship away rather than to work on that but I mean, you know, I pray that for my son who is a romantic like myself you know, he's very attentive um, to his partner that's not always the case but I think that, you know, with the older generation some of them were a little bit hard
0: right I understand Um, and I I think that's something that's going to change eventually Um, I think the pendulum tends to swing both ways and I think we're definitely in some type of resurgence where um, masculinity is shifting and becoming more open and it has been for a while
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, but there is still there's still definitely work to be done (laughs) you know Yes, and I, and I definitely believe that you know um, there it will happen to where things can become more balanced. Um, men can still be men, um, still assume masculinity, um, without being vilified or whatnot. Being able to connect fully and be a man with an open heart um, is is becoming more of the norm. At least that's my vision for the future.
1: <laughs> well, that's a beautiful thing. I mean, there are. You know, I remember a gentleman saying uh, something to me. He laid everything out on the table. And it wasn't anything that I wanted to be an agency with. However, I had the utmost respect for his transparency.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's one thing that a lot of men... um are beginning to learn or need to learn is that, um, a woman may not always like what you say, um, but they'll always respect you for saying it. If it's the truth, you know, um, and I think they can typically deal with the fact that your truth may not be for them because they have to. The, because then at that point they have a choice, you know, and I think they typically respect that back to what we were saying before about the lies and secrets that kind of really got in people's way. Um, you know, being able to you know get past that.
1: Yeah, yes.
0: But, um, this has been a beautiful conversation, Kim. I really, really, I, I appreciate you being here and appreciate you doing this for me. Um, I would love to have you on again. I think there's other topics that we can delve into uh, and go in. But you're just a, a beautiful spirit, and I just love and appreciate you very much.
1: Well, it's an honor. I'm I'm really grateful that the world knows you're here because you have been. I mean so valuable in my life, helping me to grow up. And I know that I am, you know, your senior, but I really honor you as a respected elder um, when it comes to human relationships and helping people to grow and helping women to stand up. That's a lot of where the healing is 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 the self-work and just simply standing up um and not being afraid um and not wanting anything that they don't already have meaning that we have everything that we need we just need to redirect it.
0: Right, right. Um beautiful. <laughs> well again Kimberly thank you so much baby. Um I love you. I thank God for you. And um, thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Noble Relating. Uh, Tune in next week on Sunday. Uh, We have another guest coming on for you guys that I think you guys will also enjoy. Signing off.
1: Okay. God bless. Love you, Noble.